I went to put on music and I didn't want to take my hands out of my pocket. So I just did like a little Hey Siri and was like, play Cowboys by Portishead. Oh. Incredible song. A perfect um, opener. Perfect song. Oh, what a, what a. Somebody asked me recently, like, what is a perfect album run? And I said, Portishead. Portishead. And it's they were 10 like, out of 10 oh. out of 10 out of 10. And they were kind of like interesting choice. And I was like, not really. They have three albums, yeah. one live album, and they're all good. They're all perfect. Yeah, maybe it's like uh, easy for them to win it because they've only had literally three albums. But like that's the how you win Cazale this thing is you do uh-huh. less things and then put yeah. all your work into the thing. And then it'll be good. Exactly. They're but all I was good. Expecting, I was expecting, you know, Cowboys to start. No, it was like now playing. Cowboy Like Me by Taylor Swift. Oh, but was that the direction you actually needed to go in? Was the world trying to tell you No, something? I was like, hands out of pocket. Stop. <laughs> you took your well, hand we know. out of your pocket and told <laughs> Siri to fuck right up. And now came talk. 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 Hi, girlies. Hi, besties. Hey. It's Hi. Am I too old to say bestie? Time. You are too old to Wait, say bestie. Wait, not anymore. I am. <laughs> but I say I'm it because it's old. fun. I feel like yeah, I say it like ironically, but secretly I wish I was young and cool enough to say it. It's like how I always do like the, what is it, thumb thumb and pinky out, fingers down, sort of like, hey, hang loose. Yeah, I do I the hang to do loose, too. I've been doing it for years, it seems like now. I love a hang loose. I, I love a doing hand. a mahalo. <laughs> so the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life was when Andrew Worth, our manager at Fresa, said, like, he came up with the concept of Mahalo Drive. <laughs> like, he's like, what about if the movie was called Mahalo Drive? And I, like, re- in my brain, I reimagined the entire Mahalo Drive movie, but it's, like, two surfer bros, like, trying to figure out, like, where Mahalo Drive is. It's like, dude, where's my car? But, like, make it Lynchian. I'd love that. The first thing that came to my mind is like, it's the exact same movie, except it's animated like Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> oh my God. Imagine literally Lilo not and a Stitch animated titties. They- <laughs> yeah. I want to see the fucking aliens drag off the Yorando lady. I like that idea. Uh, when we, whenever we make it big, that's going to be our thing. Yeah. We're going to make an animated ver- Lilo and Stitch animated version of Mulholland Drive. In the style of Lilo and Stitch. With the characters yeah. of Lilo and Stitch. Perfect. Yeah, and all the music is not like fifties, like <laughs> like Americana shit. It's like whole. It's like Elvis. And Lilo is Naomi Watts, and Stitch mm-hmm. is Laura Herring. Exactly. Oh, it's right. Oh, it matches. And then this Nani is uh, the lady who owns the apartment. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Oh, it's there. Oh, it's there. It's writing itself. We did it. All right, episode's over. We're actually we're gonna go write to a screenplay LA. now. Bye. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna write a screenplay and learn how to I'm animate. Throwing my old one away. Yeah. <laughs> We got Learn this. how to draw. <laughs> I have Procreate. I spent $10 on it once while I was really high, and uh, we can draw. I'll figure it out. We're going to do it all. Welcome to Straight People Movies. Welcome we- to Straight People Movies. Welcome to Straight People Movies. This is podcast where we two gays. We get together. We talk about alternate versions of Mulholland Drive by David Lynch, and also movies made for straight people. And we ask the question, why? 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 Yeah. <laughs> I was doing my, my trying to do my best Nicole Byer phase. Nicole Byer's face is like, 
I, I can't even do it. It's this is an audio media. Also, no one can see us right now, Dylan. I know no you one can see us because you're stupid. I hope whenever y'all are listening to this, y'all are like, "Man, Kirk and Dylan are so fucking hot." <laughs> I don't know what they look like, but they're so fucking hot. You're like, I can tell that they're hot. But anyone that's a self-proclaimed top is automatically not hot. Yeah. Oh god, the ugliest. We, <laughs> so you know yeah, that we're uh, ugly. Yeah, we know that in God's eyes, uh, <laughs> we are shameful. <laughs> We are disgusting creatures. We should be stopped. That will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And I've been saying it for episodes now. Someone come stop us, please. And no, none of you are stopping us. So we're gonna keep going. No one's stopping us, and no one's answering the question why. Uh, Man, this week we got to do. I think this is in the original. um, A promise. I won't. It's like a a thing called in Magic: The Gathering. There's the Power Nine. Where it's like these like nine cards from like the first set that are incredibly powerful, incredibly rare, and very valuable, um, and they're banned now. But if you get one, they're like twenty trillion dollars. You can sell them for. I feel like this movie is Stray People movies Power Nine. I think it was in like the original doc of like movies that like met this tone, this idea of a straight person movie, and we're finally doing it. Right, it's like it's like a it it must have been very weird for straight people to see this movie because it was like I, I know this movie, like I yeah. I've already in a way have seen this movie and now it's a reality. It's like it's been it's manifestation come to reality. <laughs> it really is. This is this is straight the secret. It is straight the secret. <laughs> I feel like this film, like truly covers. In the most like weirdly Lynchian way to go back to Lynch here. All yeah. of the issues that straight men, let's be honest, it's just men. Let's be real. Straight yeah. men face in the world. It's all in this movie. It's all in the story. It's all in the vibes, the aesthetics, the characters. It's all there. It's all their yeah. worries and and issues. And, and I, I feel like I understand straight men a little better now after watching it. Oh, yeah. It's a perfect storm of director and Denis Villeneuve oh, and yeah. actor Ryan Gosling. Oh, yeah. And, and then Ana de Armas and is there. And Mackenzie Davis, you already know it's... Oh, you already know. Um, and then even having like Roger Deakins. Oh uh, God, yeah. The yes, only cinematographer love straight people Roger. know. I love what <laughs> it's just like. Who's your favorite cinematographer? Who's your two favorite cinematographers? And it's like Roger Deakins and. Hold on, I'm getting a call. One second. Yeah, right. It's like he's the only cinematographer that I think that has name recognition. Like with yeah. Oh, he's a them more like cinebabies. Cinebabies. Um, we're, of course, talking about Blade Runner 2049. Yes, the yeah. famously unsuccessful sequel to Blade Runner. Yeah, I, I did see it in theaters. So I, I saw it in the theaters, too. Mm-hmm. None well, of y'all did, though, because the movie Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, it was the $30 that it made from me, Kirk, and Alex's uh, box office. That's all it's American draw Yeah. I, it's so fascinating to me that this movie failed so epically because look at Dune. It popping off. I mean, do you think, here's the question. Do you think Dune would have failed if the pandemic never happened? Because I think it would have. Yes. I think it only is doing well because everyone wants to spend three hours in a movie theater now because uh-huh. it's just like, get me out of the house. I, I like, it's like four years ago. People don't want to go fucking see a three hour long artsy blockbuster movie. No. Now people are like, Not give it to me. I don't care. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll see literally uh, anything. Oscar Isaac's in it. <laughs> okay. I'll go. 
uh, I haven't seen Dune yet. We're watching it on Saturday. I think I'm going to go see it tomorrow in IMAX by myself. Fun. While I'm going to see Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, yes. So cute. <laughs> I'm so fucking excited. Oh, I bet you are, bitch. Are you seeing George Clinton <laughs> and Magdalena Bay on Friday? I am. I'll see you there. Oh, fuck, I thought I had something over you. No, you're you don't. Once, you're always one <laughs> step forward. And I'm three steps back. <laughs> I am Paula Abdul. <laughs> So um, <laughs> before we jump into this movie, I'm going to go ahead and just give a brief little intro of it because I'm ready. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to just like start I'm fucking talking ready. about Let's this movie. Um, so today we're discussing Blade Runner 2049. It's the 2017 sequel to the 1982 film, I believe, Blade Runner, uh, directed by Denis Villeneuve and starring Ryan Gosling, Harrison Ford, Ana de Armas, Jared Leto, Robin Wright, and Sylvia Hoax. And the plot essentially is Ryan Gosling plays a Blade Runner and their job is to kill replicants. And replicants are robots. But they don't think they ever say the word robot in the movie. Mm-mm. But they're robots. Um, who robots. uncovers a secret ooh, that threatens to destabilize the world for reasons unknown beyond the fact that Robin Wright said so. And if Robin Wright said so. You gotta listen to everything Robin Wright says. Yeah, she's such a fucking butch queen. I love that she's gone from being like a soft... <laughs> Southern flower of a woman into just the biggest like cold bitch in cinema. It's oh, the man. best trajectory if I think an actor. <laughs> it's incredible. Made. I love it. It's iconic. It's so good. I never watched her on House of Cards, but I was afraid of her. I just knew she was like no, she's scary. And cold. I would I'm I would be afraid to meet her. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh, she, I feel like she's like twelve feet tall, but I know she's probably like five four. I know she seems like she's like Elizabeth Debicki height. She's like oh my god. Um, she's. I feel like I've looked up at the heights of a lot of people recently. I don't know why. Robin Wright is five six. Okay, so she's shorter than yeah. me. She's a little. Yeah. Hmm. She's no. Yeah, she's no Lizzo Debicki. Although it's like my thing with like Shakira. How Shakira seems she's so tall, but she's like five one. That's crazy to me. I know she looks seven feet tall. Oh god, no, she's a little. I wish little I had that elf. energy, but I just. I, I am five eight, and I give five eight. <laughs> I am six feet tall and I give five, four. I feel like most of, I feel like I have a collection of male friends that are all six feet or taller, but they all like seem shorter. I don't know why I have so many friends like that. Well, like I'm like the shortest tall person that's like allowed to call themselves tall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like you're taller than average. I think average male heights, five ten in the States. Mm hmm. I'm, Six and it's like that, you know. It's like it feels, yeah, it's tall. But like when I look in the mirror, I'm like, I'm not tall. What? Why are we talking it's about like, this? It's like it's so, like having like a little bit of a, a bigger than average dick. It's like sure, go. it's bigger than the average dick, but still not that impressive to look at. Honestly. Um, Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> yeah. What do you? I fucking what? Do you, I. What do you think of it? Okay, so I didn't like it when it came out. Oh. I thought it was boring. I thought it was slow. I thought it was confusing. It is all of those things. And then I watched it on Saturday. And I was like, man, this boring, slow, confusing movie whips so much ass. Yes! It's so yes! good. I changed my letterbox score. It's a four and a half, baby. That's what I'm giving it. <gasps> it's incredible. So it's we, like, agree. we agree. No, it's yes. so good, Dylan. Honestly, it's so it good. is a movie meant to see, be seen in the theater for the visual aspect because mm-hmm. I did not remember the plot to this movie at all, Dylan. No. I literally was like, wait, literally at the beginning I went, oh, wait, Ryan Gosling plays a replicant in this? I was like, I don't remember I him being a replicant. 
It's so funny that like in Blade Runner the original, they're like, "Is Decker a replicant? Ulu will never tell." And then like one second into this one, they're like, "Ryan Gosling is the most replicant that's ever replicated before." Well, he's, he's perfect not a human for it because he like literally gives nothing, gives us nothing. He gives yeah. nothing. <laughs> he gives us nothing, and Go he's ahead, great girl. in this movie. Incredible. I think it's probably one of my favorite performances by him. Probably, I mean, I've seen, uh, he's one of the actors we did on Every Actor Ever, so I've seen a good chunk of his movies, and yeah, probably this. This and, like, the good, uh, yeah, the good guys. No, the good The nice guys? guys. The nice Which guys. Which I still haven't seen. I need to watch. Um, yes. Yeah, the I nice love guys. it. I, I, I liked it when it first came out, but I remembered thinking that it was confusing, that it was a little too mm. long, and but I remembered visually, I was like, this is a stunning movie. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, like, Incredible. beautiful. It's, like, gay in the sense of, like, it has so much unnecessary production design in it. Yes. Like, the shimmery, watery effect that, like, is in a lot of the Truly. scenes is, like, so gorgeous. It, like, looks like a Gloria Estefan album cover from 1996, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> yes, um, Yeah, I don't know. It, but I, I, I liked it, and I remember I liked it more than other people. Because I think that mm-hmm. when it came out, it was pretty divisive. It was, like, one of those, like, yeah. five-star, one-star kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember I was one of its like, like I stood up for it. I was like, I like this movie. Yeah. But uh, as the years went by, I was like, uh, I don't know if it was as good as I remembered it being. I, obviously, I don't remember anything about it. So other than some of the visual aspects and then watching it t- today, I was like, oh, now they got subtitles on and I'm not like so dazzled yep. by the visuals because I'm in a theater. I like was actually the story is like not that hard to follow. <laughs> like no. it's really not that hard to follow at all. I don't know. I think I was just so distracted. Yeah, it's by um, baller- silhouette ballerinas in the streets. Gorgeous, uh, girl. It's so fucking. It's just so good to look at. I. That's all the Denis Villeneuve movies are really good to look at. Oh uh, yeah, also pretty. Well, I'm gonna have to disagree with you there. What are you? Where are you? Where are you going? Have you seen um, Enemy? With Jake Gyllenhaal? No, that's the one I have. I haven't seen Enemy, and I haven't seen. Um, What's it? Sicario. Enemy is literally yellow. (laughs) Like, I let Fincher get away with it because I like blue and green. Mm -hmm. But, like, girl, you can make your whole ass movie fucking, like, mustard yellow. (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with you, Denis? That's the one that, like, he, like, kind of did. Isn't that, isn't that, like, come out the same year as another movie? Yeah, Prisoners, which I, that's the one I haven't seen as Prisoners. Prisoners is, okay, you know how Melissa Leo is bad? Gives it. She's bad and everything, and she's just like, yeah, you know, Melissa Leo, we need to take away her Oscar. Give it away. Uh, just take, you rip it out of her hands. I know she holds on to it every second she has yeah. it. Uh, you will not change your mind about her in this, because she's fucking insane in this movie. Yeah, I haven't seen Prisoners, and I haven't seen Incendies, but those are the only, uh, and then I haven't seen Dune, obviously, but those are the only yeah. movies I haven't seen by him. I've seen everything else by him. Damn. Uh, yeah, Prisoners, not great. Love Arrival. Arrival? Just oh, like, Arrival rules. Oh. Arrival oh. rules. Um, I liked but didn't love Sicario. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just like a solid movie. Um, mm. I just like this is like a little sidetracky, but I just get tired of like the way that like they make Mexico look in movies. Like, yeah, like there's that orange. thing online that people make fun of where it's like me- it's like Mexico and they just like put a yellow light on it and like make it look <laughs> like barren and deserted and it's just like that's yeah. not like what there's, Mexico looks no, like. No, there's more than Mexico than that. It's <laughs> and I feel like that movie country. is a whole entire movie of Mexico looking that way and it's kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love Blade Runner twenty forty nine and I mm. love Arrival. Um, yeah, I think those are the only movies by him I really love though. I think. 
I would yeah. consider him in the overrated category of directors. I know that he's really well loved. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of like the new like Alfonso Cuarón sort of. I feel okay. like in the sense of like he makes like thoughtful blockbuster movies. Like Children yes. of Men is like Children of Men and Blade Runner 2049 are both like the the flops. Right? Yeah. And then like the Gravity was like a huge success and then now he has Dune. It's like there's a similar yeah. trajectory. You know. Do you think what if he honestly what if he like wins Oscars for Dune? Like do you think it's going to happen? I think it'll win a bunch of technical Oscars, but I don't think it'll yeah, be nominated like, for any acting things or anything like yeah. that. Charlotte Rampling's not going to sneak in for best supporting actress in that. I haven't I mean obviously I've seen the movie yet, but I've seen a lot of gays talking about her performance in it as being oh. like the gayest thing about the movie. Look, if there's going to be any Charlotte Rampling performance that gets into the Oscars, it's going to be her in Benedetta. Because she's great in Benedetta. I need to see Benedetta. I'm so excited. Comes out in it. December. It's, Hoven, but, um, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, this movie. Denis is like... He's probably like the director right now of like this past oh, decade, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like if... I think like... If it was like Tarantino and PTA and then that kind of like led into like people... Like then you got Koran and like Inyaritu, I guess, were like the next phase mm-hmm. of like the cool film bro directors. And now I feel like it's Denis. Yeah, I feel like both of those directors. I feel like Coron's actually going to make something interesting soon. I, f- I just feel it. Well, bones. I loved Roma, but I feel like Roma Love was Roma. his like Violet Crown movie. Like it's for mm-hmm. like older. It like I feel like older people probably loved Roma, and I loved it because oh, I yeah. love shit like that. But I don't feel like it really resonated with like a lot of people in our age group. Like I still feel like I ask people, "Have you seen Roma yet?" And they're like, "No," and I'm like, no. "How? That movie rules! It's incredible! It's on I think it's just because it's Go like black it. and white, and it's like a simple movie. People yeah. are like. Mm. But there's, did I tell you whenever I, what happened whenever I saw it in theaters? Ever told you that story? You have told me that story and that rules. Yeah. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you and for, for the people listening yeah. at home, but I, I saw Roma at Violet Crown and, uh, maybe it's like five years old at this point, so I'm not spoiling anything, but at the part in the movie, when the riot starts, the fire alarm started to go off and I was like, Oh, it's an interactive theater piece. This is just part of the movie. Uh, and they shut the movie down and they're like, no, there's a fire <laughs> and we had to evacuate. Uh, but you so, eventually saw the end of Roma, right? Yeah, they they let us come back in like 30 minutes later. That's hilarious. It was whenever I worked at Facebook, and so I was like, I had a day off. I was like, I'm just going to fucking stay at the theater all day. Who cares? Oh, God, I haven't done but, that in forever. I used to like oh, every so year, nice. I would like go and uh, pay, like, you know, pay ticket for one movie, and then I would just sneak into like two other movies after that yes. just to get all of the like best picture noms out of the way. Mm-hmm. I remember one year I saw like Flight. It was the year that like Flight came out. Yeah. I saw like yeah. Flight and like a couple other uh, Silver Linings Playbook, I think. And. Something mm-hmm. else, like all back to back to back, just to, like get them knocked out. Knock them out. And I haven't done that in forever. Yeah. But I'm also older now and I feel like weird about breaking the rules. <laughs> I know. Well, also, here's the thing they also, everything, there's like assigned seating now, so it's harder oh, to do. Oh, yeah. See, the thing is, I love Draft House, but Draft House has also mm-hmm. changed all movie theaters. Like, yeah. like AMC and like Cinemark now have like beer and like now they also like do assigned seating and they, and they also mm-hmm. now have the like don't talk thing. And I'm like, damn, like. I love you, Draft House, but you were kind of like my serious film goer theater, and I liked having the mm-hmm. option of going to like a shitty theater. I know, oh, but now they're all it. not like that anymore, and it's annoying. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I want to go see like a horror movie, and everyone talks during it. Um, I would give it's the it's fucking ring the alarm. It's malignant chat, but I would have died to see malignant. In theater, oh my god, in the shittiest theater. So in like, good. Yeah, the so the fun. metropolitan. Uh, theater on like Southwest Parkway or whatever the fuck it is 
on 11 p.m. on a Friday the day it came out. Oh, died. Well, let's get, anyway, let's get back to whenever, Blade Runner. Yeah, whenever I, whenever I saw this movie, there were three people in the audience. Yeah, I don't really remember. I think it was a pretty big audience. I think I saw it opening weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the movie is a good example of a, like, sequel slash remake slash whatever you want to call it, reimagining, where it simultaneously mm-hmm. is uh, – it's, like, a love letter to the original, but it's still its own movie, and it feels like it has its own point of view, and it's very clearly made by Denis Villeneuve. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really hard to pull off. So I, I'm very impressed oh, yeah. by that aspect. Oh, yeah. But would yeah, you – especially because the first one – I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I would say the first one is, like – like a lot of criticisms for 2049 was that it's like slow and boring and weird. And it's like, did you see the, the original? First one is, yeah. The first one's also slow and boring and weird. <laughs> like, yeah, literally I awesome. think, like, yeah, less happens in the original movie. <laughs> yeah. It's, there is two things that there's like four characters in the original one. One of them being Edward James Olmos, who is crazy in that movie. I know. And I love that he's in the 2049 for like two seconds. It's great. Uh, but yeah. And like, but that movie is it, has the same sort of things that 2049 has, where it has a very distinct visual appeal. Like it looks so fucking cool. It's so cool. And I think they really put a lot of work into being like, okay, this is 25 years after the original film. Where Mm -hmm. would this world have gone by then? Yes. And it all like makes sense to me. I also think the inclusion of, there's a couple of things that the film did that I thought were like so smart. And I think the most, the coolest one was the idea that there was, like, a blackout that, like, got rid of all data in in the cloud in the world. Mm -hmm. And that everyone had, like, kind of, like, start over from scratch because we, like, put too much stock into, like, the internet. I think that that's a really cool concept. And something that, like, a lot of, like, libertarians are afraid of. So Mm -hmm. Hackers, if you're listening... Do, Do it. it. It could be fun. Do it. Um, I have a lot of credit cards. So there. I really liked that idea. And so like that hall of like files was just like so cool. Like it's Ugh, like, no, we do yes. need paper. Like this is the original way to do it. And the details like that. And I think the, um, I will say this, the only thing that makes this movie not a five for me, cause it's such mm. a close five for me mm. is that it really does feel like there's two movies happening and he does a very good job of making them, mostly work together but by the end of the movie you are i felt like it the last act is a little wanting it doesn't mm-hmm. it's like you can't set up this like there's a revolution coming and like all these other plot points because you could tell that he wanted to make a sequel to it which is not gonna happen oh you know um, he's not gonna no, they're no. not gonna give him the money for that no. so it's like to me the movie ends up feeling like a first entry by the end mm-hmm. into a franchise and it doesn't feel like a standalone movie which i think is really disappointing because i think the movie is like sets itself up so well and like the reveals of like oh ryan gosling's actually was a baby oh wait actually he's not like there's so many great twists and turns and then by the end Mm -hmm. you're just like i mean it's a beautiful moment like harrison ford like meeting his like daughter or whatever love that as an ending it is a beautiful fragile ending it reminds me of arrival's ending but Mm-hmm. I just feel like you can't set up all these other like bigger things. And then the movie ends like that. It's like, you should just yeah. kept it simple and fragile throughout and like mm-hmm. not brought in like all this like spectacle actiony, like bullshit. Like just, it's okay. We don't need, cause honestly the final fight between like him and like love is like really like blah to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They could have done away with all that for me. I feel that. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think that like it, it builds to an ending that it doesn't. It doesn't really deliver. Pay off doesn't deliver, uh, but I still I still like the ending. I do like I still the like ending. I still like the movie. Yeah, I think it's fun. Um, I love off brand Milijokovic. Oh love her. yeah, 
Oh incredible. yeah. She's so yeah, great she's in great. it. Great character. I um, totally forgot about her, but what a great villain. Oh, she's such a good villain. I think this is where I this is where I admit something that's very dark and personal. Oh great. Um, we, I, our listeners love this. They love it. Um I don't get why everyone hates Jared Leto. <laughs> I don't get it. I think he's crazy. I think he's fun. I think he's fine. I think, I think he's the weirdness. reason why people hate him is because he puts so much work mm-hmm. into performances that are really not that great at the end of the day. Exactly. So you I think it's it. camp. I think it's camp. I <laughs> don't. Jared Leto's camp. I think he's just, yeah, he's just, he's like kind of like, what James, I mean, they're both, like James Franco does, where it's just like, he's just going to do effort for no reason for... For what? No for two scenes? See. Yeah, he is. That's crazy that Jared Leto is like literally in two scenes. Yeah, I mean, like Love is a bigger character than he is. Like she's yeah. truly like more of the villain to me. Although mm-hmm. I would have liked more of like a, I don't know, like a backstory or just some something to like make like why she's so because you know at the beginning of the movie Ryan Gosling's like a replicant that kills other replicants right and over the course of the film mm-hmm. he changes. But with her, it's like I would have liked to see more of a foil between him and her where it's like she's not going to, like, do that because, like, maybe she's, like, in love with Jared Lowe. Maybe she's, like, programmed to, like, worship him or I don't know, just something to make it make sense mm-hmm. to me. But maybe the mystery is kind of fun. Maybe yeah, maybe the mystery is fun. Let the mystery be. That's true. Um, but the movie overexplains everything else, so it's, like, hard yeah. to not want more from everything. Well, it's weird because it's, like, that's kind of what the whole thing with the original Blade Runner is that everyone's just, like – is Deckard, is he a replicant? And that, like, what maybe people will, like, talk about it for so long, but this kind of, like, I don't know, not a racist, like, fills in all of the blanks. It does, although it definitely doesn't give us the full 100% answer, right? Like, it suggests mm-hmm. that he's a replicant, but also we don't know for sure because he never admits one way or another. Look, my whole thing is that it's, like, especially after watching the new one, and I have lots of thoughts after only seeing it 20 minutes ago, uh, but it's, like, that's... I don't care if he's a replicant or not, because that's, like, the, the thesis of the movie. Well, the thesis of the movie is, yeah, they're all human, quote-unquote, in their own way. They all have souls, I guess is the best way to put yeah, it. Yeah, that's the thing. So it's it shouldn't like, matter, like, if you're a replicant or a human, like, you're a living, breathing being that wants to live your life. Look, right? when Daryl Hannah does a cartwheel and says, I think, therefore I am. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Well, that that's the thing, you know, and I wanted to kind of make this argument. I think they're both straight people movies, but like I definitely think we can argue that the original is way more gay than the sequel. Oh my it's god! So, cause yes. Just because of Daryl uh, Hannah. <laughs> Daryl Hannah, yeah, <laughs> fight uh, gymnastics,ing it's great. Incredible. But I think that like the movie, the most powerful part of the original Blade Runner movie, right, is when there's that final fight off between Deckard and like the leader mm-hmm. of that clan. I forget his name. But you know what I'm talking uh, about. Roy. And they like fight in the rain on the rooftop. And, yeah. and that he gives that monologue. And you're just like, and that's at the point in the movie where Deckard and you as a viewer are like, holy shit, like we've been kind of on the side of like the police and with like Deckard this whole time. But by the end, you're like, oh, wait, like these replicants really, they're people. Like they have feelings and they like love and all these other things. And we've been made to believe they're just like these like cold, soulless creatures. And that's what makes the movie brilliant. So I think what's cool about the sequel is it doesn't retread the same territory. It takes mm-hmm. us from the ending of Blade Runner and then moves forward. Knowing that mm-hmm. we as viewers 
already in it and understand it and are like ready yeah. to like keep going into this universe and understand it further. So I like that about the movie. It, it makes it hard again for it to be a standalone movie. I feel like if you haven't seen the original Blade Runner, this movie would be even more slow, boring and confusing. Yeah. And then the fact that it also doesn't feel like its own movie, it feels like it's like set up to like have another one also hurts it. But that, also is what makes the movie so interesting. Yeah. Although I kind of like if, what if like Blade Runner becomes this sort of like passed down tale or it's like every generation gets their version of Blade Runner and it's like whoever the, yeah, the director in 2044, if they're still fucking movies and we haven't, you know, hurtled into the sun at that point. But like, if they get to like pick up the rain from and make their like 2069, 2069, <laughs> this is honestly straight people. Star is born. Yeah. It, I, Ooh, I like that idea. I like the idea of the next Blade Runner film not having anything to do with this story. I like the idea of, like, this story ends here. So I hope that any other Blade Runner movies that we get, like, maybe they could, like, harken back or reference this story or, like, Deckard and all that. But I'd I'd like Mm -hmm. to kind of go further into the universe, I think, with other characters. Yeah, it'd be fun. Um... I can put here. Let's talk about for um, bombs. Yeah, this movie bombs. I think that one of the things that makes this movie really fascinating, and I, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like one of the things that film Twitter and like filmgoers love to claim are like these big box office bombs, and typically, they tend to be like art art house movies with budgets, and that's why they bombed. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I think the other the kind of closest example is like. Speed Racer. Oh, totally. Recently. And I rewatched. I didn't get to finish it because the like electricity went out. That sucked. <laughs> but that movie truly is like, it's like the new house. I'm just saying it right now. It's like the new house <laughs> yes. of a movie. It's like such a psychotic spectacle to watch. And oh, yeah. it is amazing. Um, or like Children of Men was like mm-hmm. a bomb. A mother. Jennifer's Body. Mother. Mother. Mother, yes. And it really, those are the things that they all have in common is that you like read the directors and they're basically like Sony pictures or Warner brothers thought we were going to give them a, but then we gave them B instead. Yeah. And then they like <laughs> marketed it wrong. Cause they're like people, we need to get people in the seats, but that even doesn't work. Cause people just know like, mm-hmm. this is going to be some art artsy fartsy crap. But then the rest of yep. us who love to see a really brilliant director give given like $200 million to make a fucking crazy yeah. ass movie. And it doesn't happen often, and not all box office bombs are good. No. Oh, but yeah. The Most ones that of them are good are bomb good. For a reason. I mean, I'm going to say the A word, but the Annihilation. Yeah, Annihilation is another example because Alex Garland, indie director, ex machina, indie movie, did really well. Oscar, and they were like, okay, let's give really him a well. fucking budget. And they did, and then were surprised when he made a fucking weird movie. Yeah. Like, it's also like Annihilation was a huge novel, and it's like, okay, we got this. Cra- and it's like, if you just like look at the fact that this novel is the novel is insane. If you've read the book and then you give it to Alex Garland, who wrote the fucking beach and is crazy. Like it's not going to be, you're, you're not going to get atonement. Do you think that what kills movies like annihilation? Like, what do you think? Why do you think moviegoers didn't want to go see annihilation? Why do you think moviegoers didn't want to go see Blade Runner 2049? Like what is not drawing them in and what, what brought, what drew them into Dune? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just trying to figure it out. Like, what's the... Well, I think think Dune has a bigger audience. Like, Dune is, like, a classic book. I think it's, like, taught in schools and has been kind of made a bunch of times, so there there kind of is an expected thing. Whereas, like, Annihilation and Blade Runner 2049, if you watch the trailer for those, they look like fucking homework. I think that's what it is. Maybe the problem is that marketing people didn't actually 
misrepresent the films and they should have. No. To just get some butts into seats. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, yeah, fucking, if you're going to recut the trailer for Annihilation, make it all the bear. Make it all the alligator. Well, look at, make it the alien. Look at Doctor Sleep, too. Doctor Sleep mm-hmm. was like a big budget horror movie and it totally flopped in the box office. And it was mm-hmm. like the Shining sequel. And I think what it is is that, and this is sad for me because I love the movies these are all based on. It's like it just goes to show that like they thought that there was a lot bigger of a fanfare for these movies than they really are. It's like, mm-hmm. it's just that we're loud. Yeah. And the people that love The Shining and love Blade Runner like really, really love these movies, but it actually isn't that many people at the end of the day. Exactly. It's like whenever they it's like when they remake like Veronica Mars or whatever, and it's like, no, it's just like ten thousand people. That's pretty much it who are like into it. Right. Everyone else like doesn't give a shit about Veronica Mars because it's like hard to like find the original or whatever. Well, like and even oh, another good example, we did the thing, right? And the thing was mm-hmm. a box office bomb that has a cult following, and then they redid the thing, and then that movie also flopped. Yeah. It's just like and it's also well, it's the thing. It's also well, like TV the people shows. who love it, TV shows. Yeah, but it's also it. like the, whenever whenever you remake something like Blade Runner or The Thing, the people who are into the original of it are like, it's sacred cow. You can't fucking touch it. I know. I think that's the issue. Is it's not us. I'm about to call out our our elders here. I think it's honestly like Gen X and Boomers. Like mm-hmm. they're so precious about the things that they love that they either don't go see these movies or they're the biggest people that like shit all over them. And mm-hmm. that's really disappointing. It is. Because it just destroys the legacy further of the film, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like how we get upset when, like, we meet, like, young, younger people that are, like, don't care about, like, PJ Harvey or whatever, right? Yeah. But it's, like, yeah, I feel like when you make the music or the movie or whatever it is, like, inaccessible or you, like, are gatekeepy, I guess, to use that word about it, then yep. you're actually really destroying the legacy of whatever this is. And it's, like... Blade Runner 2049 failing, if it gets a cult following, maybe it has a future, but like maybe in mm-hmm. 20 more years, no one's going to give a fuck about either of these movies anymore. Yep. You know? Maybe the only thing people are going to like are The Kissing Booth 3. Ugh. Yikes. But yeah. Yikes. I hope that just because most of these movies fail, I do hope that direct, like they keep giving. I hope that studios still like decide to just lose a bunch of money and give money to directors so they can oh, make yeah. these like crazy Same. movies. Because well, I like, think it's one of my I, favorite subgenres. It's one of my favorite it's genders. It's a flop. It's <laughs> an aesthetic I, blockbuster. I identify as flop. Um, that's us. We, we don't flop. We're successful. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of flops, why do straight people love this? Uh, I mean, straight people fucking love Blade Runner. They love Blade Runner. And like we mentioned earlier, there's a lot of, and we can get into it now. There's a lot of different okay. things around this movie that are just, it's just straight people lore. It's like mythology. Oh, yeah. It's like all yeah, the this, things. This is Arthurian legend. <laughs> okay, first off, Ryan Gosling is not sure he has a soul. Every straight man's journey. Mm-hmm. Right? They're just like, oh, like, am I a bad it's person? 145. Am I a good person? You're a sidebar. You're drinking your 12th gin and tonic. Right. And it's at that point of the night where they let you smoke inside. And you're like, man, who am I? Who am I? Am I human or am I dancer? (laughs) And straight people love that shit. They love that shit. His boss is a mean woman who wants to sleep with Mm -hmm. him. Um, He thinks he meets his father. Well, at that point in the film, we think that he's met his father. And they, like, get into Mm -hmm. a fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. daddy versus son. Classic. Never Classic. met his mother. Classic. Was I mean, getting beat up by bald very... boys as a child had to hit a wooden horse into a furnace. 
<laughs> Classic, you know? It is very Oedipal. Like, he he kills his father, tries to kill his father, and fuck his mom. His mom, of course, being Ana de Armas uh, as, a, as a projection. Well, let's get into, I think, the, the most important thing that this movie explores that I think mm-hmm. makes it the most straight is his yeah. relationship with his AI helper. Oh, yeah. Woof. Woof. This is the tether to her, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is the tether to her. Uh, Ana Armas, I didn't... I did not remember that she was in this. I, I think that Me she neither. wasn't really anybody yet, and I had like Knives Out wasn't out, so... Yeah, and, like, she's, like... In I would it. say third lead she's in like this a, movie. She's, like, in the movie. <laughs> yeah, she's, like, very... She's both, like, a metaphor and actually big in the movie. So I know this just because friend of the pod and listener, Harrison. Hi, Harrison. This is one of his favorite Hi, films. Harrison. And I didn't – I mean, I could have guessed it, but we were discussing the film over text after I finished it. And he was like, apparently, like, the relationship he has with Joy in the movie is, like, attracted a lot of, like, incel types to the film. Oh, really? Which is, like, not surprising. Because I think no. that, like, the biggest thing about incels is they do want just a prostitute of a woman who's just going to say yes to yeah. them all the time. and give them everything they want and it's just gonna be perfect um yeah they want a big titty wife which is like hilarious because the movie kind of like not condemns it but like the scene where okay the most heartbreaking scene in this whole film other than mm. when it's revealed that he's not actually like was a baby and he's just a replicant yeah is when he's walking after that scene and the mm-hmm. advertisement for joy comes down and she oh. calls him joe and you're like oh that was just in her programming the whole time Yep. She calls all of the men that pay to get this, like, AI service, Joe. And it really hit me in my heart, yeah. really. Because I really – the relationship is, like, you kind of fall for it. Yeah. Like, you love – you root for them. Oh, yeah. She's so, like, just good. And she, like – it's interesting that, like, she wants to be a person so bad, but, like, literally can't and does anything and everything in her power to do it, which we will get into in a later segment – and she's like just brings a lot of like she is the most like human in this movie. totally and i think what's sad about the storyline the character is that it's like it's all a facade yeah like it's just really 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 good programming um and i think to me it's like, it's like black mirror esque in its execution mm-hmm. cuz it like really breaks your heart and you realize that the only human connection that we really have in this whole entire fucking movie is all constructed it's a replicant yeah. with his AI assistant, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting you bring up Black Mirror because Mackenzie Davis plays an important right. part in that scene, which once again we'll get into later. Uh, and she is famously and probably like one of, and probably in the best like American Black Mirror episode, San Junipero. Yeah, I think one of the greatest works of art of the last 10 years. Uh, uh, f- for like, it's just, like for real. <laughs> I watch it once a year and I sigh I cry so hard. It's so good. If you haven't seen San Junipero yet, it it truly will ruin heaven as a place on earth for you. Oh, <laughs> like you truly. Will sob but I think that their relationship is really complex. So I think it's really interesting that incels are attracted to the relationship because it's like it's so it's like on the surface level they're like, yes, I just want an AI robot wife. But it's like, but the mm-hmm. movie like undercuts that completely. But by, by with yeah. that scene, it's like it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's not real. Also, it it can end in one second. Right, because she's destroyed by someone stepping on a fucking jewel. (laughs) You know? Could you imagine if Jesus is a jewel? Oh, God. He would hate that because he hates that idea. He would hate it. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> and that goes into like I think the bigger broader theme of the movie which is I think something that straight people really love and maybe like I think me and you love movies like this but I think a lot of gays mm. don't because it's like we're trying to like <laughs> find joy in our lives since our lives are yeah, no. already bleak but like mm-hmm. bleak futures right love it it's like straight people are obsessed with this idea of like the future being like a horrible bleak post-apocalyptic place because I think they're kind of horny for it honestly oh yeah because their oh, lives are just God, so easy it? they want struggle and it's just like, oh, whenever the world ends, I'm going to fucking make it. I'm going to be a strong man with a machete, and I'm going to provide. Yeah. And it's so funny because they're like, oh, my God, I can't – I want – like, I kind of, like, want like want this, like, bleak, sad existence in Blade Runner 2049. It's like, girl, you already have it. You're, we're already there. We're already it's there. not that far off. It's not that – we're there. <laughs> Whereas if it's in the future, me and Kirk would stand behind each other like we were taking a prom picture, and whoever was in front would put the gun in their mouth. Yep. That's what would happen. What One second into it, mm-hmm. we wouldn't. Even, we would not have a joy. We would not. No. no, we wouldn't see any of that. As soon as, as soon as the world ends, baby, Dylan. Ends. The moment that everything blacks out and everything's deleted from the cloud, I would just. Oh yeah! Bye 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 bye. bye. <laughs> see y'all in hell. But yeah, everything about this movie is pretty straight to me. Yeah, I it's... think that anything that's gay about this movie is an accident <laughs> yeah it's a total fucking <laughs> accident that. well especially because like because denis is very like oh he's so straight. measured it's very, yeah like, i agree he's got he that kubrickian is, quality of him which kubrickian. is very straight to me i think it's really interesting that dune and the french dispatched open on the same weekend because these are both directors them him and wes anderson that are both very like detailed mm-hmm and but completely different in every way. Completely different, yeah. Both the movies are very tactile, very like. Oh god, this movie is, is so there. textured. The oh, lighting feel it. in this movie oh. is gorgeous, and you can t- you feel like you can touch everything in this movie. Everything, touch the skin, feel it, honey. Oh, so good. It's so good, uh, but yeah, and that's so that's whenever whenever there is gay stuff in it, it definitely is like us finding it. Yeah. Which, like, honestly is gay in itself, because, like, being gay is creating the world you want to live in, right? Oh, my God, Dylan. Is Blade Runner 2049 gay? Is Blade Runner 2049 Paris is burning? (laughs) Is this But I'm a Cheerleader? Did we watch But I'm a Cheerleader? Did we just watch But I'm a Cheerleader? (laughs) Speaking of But I'm a Cheerleader, what's gay about this movie? Okay, we got some stuff. I mean, the gayest scene that truly made me go, yes, bitch. Yeah. So whenever Knockoff Miljokovic, she orders drone strikes through her VR glasses while getting a manicure. Yeah. That is it's perfect. But again, us like loving a villain moment. Oh yeah. <laughs> also, that feels like such an MIA lyric. It's just like you ought to red drone strike through your VR glasses. It is. Oh my god. <laughs> and she probably would just sample Blade Runner in the track. <laughs> she sure would. Holy Honestly, shit. Honestly, Maya, if you're listening, which I know you are, let's work together. Yeah. We'll meet her at Barcelona next year. Oh, yeah. I can't. What time do you think she's going to play? I feel like she's either going to play at like 5 a.m. or like 5.30 p.m. She's got a kid, 5.30 Yeah, she's busy. <laughs> yeah, she's she's playing the early stage. She's going. She's in her 40s now. She needs to see how. It's crazy to think of that. Um, but yeah, that was iconic. Um, basically anything she did. Anything yeah, I agree. I think love as a character was very gay. So gay. Yeah. Ugh. Um, they didn't even really okay, make we, her that hot. Like oh no, she looks mean. Yeah, <laughs> she looks very mean. So I'll give to um, me that. I think I want to spend a real long, long time on this because it's so fucking good. It's the but most insane it's the scene, scene in the movie. movie. It's incredible. It's insane. Whenever, 
When Ana de Armas and Mackenzie Davis, they do the cover of Melissa by FKA <laughs> Twigs, um, which sidetrack, that's probably the all uh, my favorite FKA Twigs Me thing. too. Well, EP2 oh, and that are like tied. Look, it's like, that's how we host a podcast together. Um, but it's, it's gay. I don't know how to describe it to you. It is incredibly heartbreaking. Yes, it is. It's like straight sex, but it's like. But what's so weird is I feel like straight men really <laughs> love that scene. Oh, it's so hard. it's a weird handshake sad. scene. It is <laughs> where we're like, this is some les shit. You're like, this, this is, is weird. <laughs> this is weird and lesbian. I love that. And the straights are like, this is actually They're like, imagine having sex American. with like one girl, but it's like two girls, but like not two <laughs> girls like separately, but like two girls and one girl. <laughs> it's like being John imagine Malkovich. It is. It's like if one girl couldn't touch you but felt you emotionally and one girl couldn't feel you emotionally but could touch you. That's what it is. That's why straight men love it. Oh, my God, Dylan, you just cracked the code. It's because they need two different kinds of women in their life, one that they can feel Mm -hmm. emotionally and one that's got big yitties. (laughs) I'm both in the relationship. That's what we all strive to be. Mm -hmm, The big yitty person who is in touch with their feelings and emotions. Yeah, I'm not in touch with my feelings. Me neither. <laughs> I put them back. They're back. I put them in the file. I put them in the in the file. <laughs> and, uh, that got deleted from the cloud during the blackout. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was my emotions. Whoops. Um. And then finally, I think the lady in the sous vide bag. <laughs> yeah. Just the way they like. I I I was really expecting somebody to come out with like a saber, to just like <laughs> unload her out of the bag, but like it just kind of like collapsed on its own. Uh incredible. Yeah. What a what an image. I did think it was very straight. That Jared Leto kissed her after he killed her. <laughs> and also very straight that Love kissed Ryan Gosling after she thought she killed him. It's incredible. That's Look, they just want to know that they love you. That's like, that, that, love. that might be the straightest thing about the whole movie. It's just like, <laughs> I don't think any gay man would just be like, and then they kiss. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> there is something incredibly straight about uh, abuse followed by love to keep you staying. Like, okay, them. Lana Del Rey, calm down. <laughs> Okay, Blue Banister. Have you listened to Blue Banister? It's so boring. It's so boring. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. I like some of the songs on it a lot, but like I can't believe people think it's better than Kim Trails. Kim Trails is actually like a decent album. I don't know why everyone hated it. I feel like she has been writing the same song this whole year. The lyrics in Blue Banisters are good. I feel like she has the least cringy lyrics of her entire career on that album. Oh, what's the one? It's like you named your daughter after oh, that, 11 that's or the best Incredible. lyric in the whole album. I wish one more of, of it was one like of, that. That's yeah, poetry. Top, top five Lana album or lyrics. Oh, yeah. I mean, you took my sadness out of context. The Mariners apartment complex is still like. Oh, that's top tier. Uh, <laughs> get to heaven sort of thing. I think oh. uh, the, the line about like, uh, if he's a serial killer, does it really matter? Because I'm already hurt. That's like, that is like, Mm. Mm. yeah, Lana's great. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, is there anything else gay about this movie? I can't really, there's nothing really much. No, I mean, Robin Wright serving butch lady Uh. realness. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -mm. Uh, Mm. I mean, like, oh, I did want to bring up that I really liked the fight scene to the like spasming like oh Elvis Elvis and Great. like showgirl that was like that's yeah. probably gotta be one of the coolest fight scenes it's ever incredible. it's incredible. I wish I, I could have watched that for like twenty minutes, yeah, do like a sort of like a what's that is it they live what's the movie that has like the like ten minute long fight scene 
Is it they live or is it escape? From I mean, they live does have a very, very long, insanely like ridiculous fight scene in it. Is that the one they based the the Peter Griffin and Chicken fight scene off? Girl, of you know, I don't guy? know anything about Family Guy. What if I told you I've watched like eight seasons of Family? I Guy? I would not be surprised, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that tracks. That's that's on brand for me. Yeah. Yeah. Look. Look. I'm a comedian. Look, I have, I'm a comedian. I'm allowed to watch high art, which is fucking Family Guy. I love that. Oh my god. Um, I think let's go to the gay recommendation section. Yeah, totally. That's where we're gonna recommend a movie. That's a little gayer than this one. I mean, okay. I don't know if this movie's gay, but I think it's because it's an art house movie. It automatically makes it gay because all art house movies are gay. And if you want a movie. That stars Robin Wright. Who this is? Is this our third Robin Wright movie? Yeah, we've had her a lot. We've had her a lot. She's, a, she's straight a, queen. Straight queen. Also, this is our first Ryan Gosling since Drive. Wow, full circle. Incredible, full circle. Uh, Harrison Ford. We also did for yeah. Later. Wow, we got a lot of that. We're having a lot, a lot of, of uh, alumni. And Anna de Armas. And uh, Anna de Armas. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> um, but if you want a movie where Robin Wright uh, explores the nature of consciousness in a distant, not too distant future, and is visually very insane, and is also long and boring, might I suggest to you *The Congress*? I saw this movie in theaters, and I actually enjoyed it. But I've been bullied so much for liking this movie that it slowly just lost a half star every five years since I seen it. <laughs> I okay, it was so funny. I like. <laughs> Me and some friends went swimming, and we, like, had lunch at their house. Like, what should we do? And, like, let's go to the movies. Like, Dylan, you pick something out. And I was like, I heard this movie, The Congress, is good. And we went, and we all fell asleep. Yeah. But from what I remember, it's, it, it's an interesting concept. Did movie. you it's get to the whole like, animated, like, literal? Oh, yeah. Whenever, yeah. like, okay. her and John Hamm. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of a gag of the movie is that Robin Wright's, like, I don't want to be famous anymore. And they're like, well, you signed a contract. And here's. What if we like uploaded your consciousness to a cartoon to like a real? It was like we uploaded your consciousness to a cartoon and you lived like in heaven or whatever, and then real Robin Wright just did whatever the fuck. Yep. Uh, and so that's pretty much it. Uh, it's the guy who did Waltz with Bashir, which whips so much fucking ass. Never seen it's it. A gr- incredible documentary. It's filmed like rotoscoped. It's very good, very good documentary. Um, and then I don't know if he's ever done anything after that. I think he kind of like flopped so hard with the Congress. Yikes. And I don't think it's going to be a cult classic, unfortunately. No, uh, it is. It's so not it makes a, it even more gay because no one likes it. Exactly. Just like Ari Fullman. Let's see. What else has he done? No, oh, he did the movie. Oh, Ken's out this year. Oh, boy. Uh, it's called Where is Anne Frank? Oh, no. Um, oh, no. Oh, but it's, I think it's for children. Oh, cute. It is not It is not released. In, yeah, it's supposed to release, uh, reach uh, younger audiences, which I'll allow. Um, it is not being released in America. Well, great. Okay, okay. cool. So we won't be seeing that. Um, I'll never see it again. Gay rags. Annihilation. 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 I know we said we never talk about it again. But it actually fits the theme. But it actually fits. Um, I think another blockbuster misfire that's long, confusing, boring, weird, and stupid, but still really cool to look at is Cloud Atlas. Oh, bitch. That movie's insane. Definitely yes. a million times more insane than Blade Runner, so maybe tonally not a similar movie, but definitely like yeah. a, like, give people a... Bu- well, actually, I think that the Wachowski sisters paid for the movie themselves. I think it's the... I think it still is considered the highest budget for an independent film ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Because it's the Wachowskis and Tim Tom Tickver, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that movie's great. Also, the book. Read the book. Yeah, another another yeah another book. It's a very literary. Yeah, We're very really literary, literary episode. today. We're like real We're fucking like really literary. We read. We learned how to read this. We month. learned how to read. Uh, nope, I listen to audiobooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's because I'm listening to a book right now, and then the next book I have queued up is um, "How to Write a Song" by um, what's his name from Wilco? <laughs> oh, Jeff Tweedy. I'm reading the Jeff Tweedy book after this. Love that for you. Oh my God! You know, it's gonna be out with the time. God, we're so airs, straight. But... We love Blade Runner 2049, and we love Wilco. And fucking the new War on Drugs album comes out on Friday. I don't I'm care so about fucking that, excited. But... Oh my God! Have you listened to the singles? No. Listen to I don't live here anymore. Okay, I'll, I'll give it's it a incredible. shot. Incredible. It's with Lucius. Do you like Lucius? No. Okay then. Do you like Boys of Summer by John Henley? I'm not familiar, or I okay. don't know if I'm familiar. Yeah, it's it the. I can hear you. My love for you will still be strong after the boys of summer have gone. Sounds vaguely familiar. I don't know. Yeah, it's an incredible song. Um, that comes out on Friday. I can't wait. Uh, that's it. We have any other recommendations? Anything? Any other like final words about Blade Runner twenty forty nine? It's good, and I think that's worth it's a good. rewatch. And even though it's like yes. a, th- a good theater experience, it's still like fucking slapped at home. Yeah, if you if you have the ability, uh, I watch a lot of stuff in the morning whenever Alex is asleep. Uh, watch it with headphones. Yeah, the sound design is so the sound design is incredible. Score is really good too. Score is very. It's no good. like Vangelis' score from the original, but it definitely takes cues from it in a cool way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you have if you have a good sound system, if you have a good TV, watch it at night. Watch it with headphones. We have a good time. Yeah, and then uh, and, yeah, and go see Dune out go now. See Dune. Hopefully How we get now, this advertisement. <laughs> At AMC Theaters. If you're not an AMC Stubbs member, so I don't know. We don't know. I don't fucking know. Deals. I don't know. I go to, Re- I go to Regal. It's closer to my house. Through and through. Mm-hmm. Look, I can only have chicken strips so many times. Although, I, I, that's all I get at the fucking draft house. Chicken strips. I just get the buffalo chicken cauliflower and the... Uh, or chicken cauliflower. The just buffalo cauliflower. And uh, the loaded fries. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh, loaded daddy and get God. wasted for no reason. Like I did during the French dispatch, which I loved because I was wasted. So. Typically I like love everything like when I'm drunk. So mm-hmm. the French dispatch, I actually did legitimately love. And I, I am, this is people think I'm insane, but it's like my second favorite Wes Anderson movie. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> like I liked it better than the world. Hunt bombs. Insane. What is, so is your Moonrise Kingdom? Well, Moonrise Kingdom number one, baby. I fucking love that With movie. The bullet. All right. Noted. Mm-hmm. I'm no, crazy. Everyone's okay. saying it's a lesser work, but I think it's really, really good. I think it's a culmination of everything he's done so far in a really great package. Okay. All right. Culminations. culminations. I love that we shit. Love you know I love culminations, oh. Daddy. Oh. Oh. Culminate inside of me, Daddy. And on that note, have a have a blessed have day. Have a blessed day. Have a, My name is Dylan Garcia. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan Garcia and on Instagram and a letterbox. At Garcid. And I'm Kirk Van Sickle, and you can find me on uh, Letterboxd, Twitter, and Instagram at K-R-K-V-N-S-C-K-L-E. Woohoo! We did it. Blade Runner, are we replicants? Oh, absolutely. Oh, mama. I was never a child. Uh-uh. Oh, these are all memories. These are all memories. These are all memories. Wait, shit. They're, no, memories are... These are all implanted memories. These are all memories. implanted That's what memories. I meant to say. So, sorry, there was a lapse in my programming, because I am a replicant. I, I kind of... Mm, 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 mm. 
And we'll end on a quote from Robin. Fembots have feelings too. <laughs> fucking kill myself. Ah! Wow, what a and now, tame talk. Talk, talk. Oh.